Hi, Amal. Welcome to 11 Questions. Hello, Daman. How are you? Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Are you a tea person or a coffee person? Coffee. Espresso in the morning. First thing in the morning, of course, with the, a lot of water first and then espresso. And I will have, I'll admit to uh, one cup of tea a day after lunch, but that's it. If you could have coffee with any person, who would you choose? I think I would choose uh, Marguerite Ursinar, uh, one of my favorite authors. I'd like to have coffee with her and have a very, very long conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Marguerite Ursinar. But, you know, I can think of probably 10, 20 other people, practically all of them dead. <laughs> now come to think about it. But uh, Marguerite Ursinar comes to mind first. Did you always want to be a writer? Yes and no. I mean, I, I, I think I've always had it in me. I uh, always felt a, a passion, um, had a passion for it, certainly. For some reason, I just avoided, I don't know why, uh, I got sidetracked, I suppose, career, uh, you know, other uh, demands uh, of life. And then I decided, as I approached uh, 40, I decided that I would actually devote uh, my time to it. But again, you know, it was Marguerite Ursinar who said a writer shouldn't write a book before the age of uh, 40. So there you go. I followed her advice without even knowing it. I should have probably beforehand, but uh, such were the cards that were dealt to me. So, uh, yeah, I've been at it for a while now. I don't much regret not doing it earlier, but perhaps I should have. I don't know. And now that you are a writer, do you follow a routine? I do. I do. I am very disciplined that way. Typically, it's, I mean, I'm a very early riser, right? 5, 5.30 in the morning, I'm up and, uh, and uh, ready. You know, that's a wonderful time of, of the morning. Everybody else is sleeping. It's very quiet. No one uh, bothers you. It's uh, uh, the entire morning to yourself. So I devote the morning to this. It's a good two, three hours. Then I go do my exercise and then I get to work on many other things that I do because I, you know, I have other work. And then I go at it again in the afternoon and early evening. So yeah, that's, that's my routine. But I have to tell you that probably the best writing I do is early in the morning, for sure. Do you ever feel you're juggling writing other things of your life? I used to. But it's gotten better uh, with time. Uh, I have other work, you know, I'm uh, involved in community development that takes a bit of my time. I have other uh, activities. I sit on boards and other things. I mean, writing for me is a priority. So I don't allow work to intrude. I wouldn't call work a distraction. But again, I'm very disciplined. So I, 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 have, a, I have a very good way of uh, devoting time to my writing and allowing time for other work and attention to go to, uh, to my work. So I don't feel that I am necessarily frustrated with, you know, too many responsibilities. It's a priority for me, for sure. But, you know, it's, it's not a constant, right? I mean, I have to tell you something. I'm not the kind of person who wakes up every morning feeling compelled to write something. I'm the kind of person who writes when I have something to say. If I don't have something to say, I'm going to be spending my time researching, reading. It all feeds into, the, of course, into the creative process. So I can't tell you that I wake up every morning wanting to type away, but I will devote a lot of time to researching and, and reading. That brings me to your book, This Arab Life. What mm -hmm. is the book about? It's what you call a history from below, but it's not, strictly speaking, it's not 
a, a memoir about a person. It's not my memoir. It's a memoir of the generation that came of political age in the 1980s, my generation. What I try to offer in the book is an intimate look at this generation, the themes of that moment that shape our psychologies, our emotional terrains, our existential angst, if you like. And I take each of these themes and journey with them into history. I journey into contemporary politics, environment that we were living, and I try to find answers or achieve clarity, certainly, because in, 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 you know, when, you, when you journey into the past or into deeper layers of yourself, you don't necessarily achieve answers all the time, but you might be able to achieve clarity in many areas. And that's what I try to do. And this Arab life, you can describe as it's a peculiar book, really. It's a deep introspection about that moment and an attempt to really understand why we journeyed into silence as a generation. It's the jarring contrast of the time, a region that is constantly heaving, suffering chronic tumult and the quietude of the spirit, a people bearing witness to it in in, in silence. So I, I take that and try to uh, search, quest really for the reasons. That's what the book is about. So it's a, it's a mix. It's a, it's a stream of consciousness. It dives into history, dives into politics, culture, uh, social themes. And I try to achieve some clarity for me and, uh, and whoever really is interested in a different approach to the, uh, politics and history of the area. How long did it take for you to finish the book? I uh, really began in earnest, I would say, in 2018. When I sat down, I really didn't have a plan in mind. There was no outline, there was no plan, and that was on purpose. I wanted it to be very open uh, conversation between me and myself. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I'm not in any way limited or censored, if you like, by a timeline or an outline or a plan or a structure. I began to give it some serious thought in 2017 and began the writing process in 2018 and had my first draft of the manuscript in 2020. And then, of course, you know what happens with the writing process. I mean, I describe myself as a seamstress. Uh, I take my time. Uh, you know, you finish the first draft and you take a look at it again, then you revisit and there are things that you take out, things that you add and so on and so forth. So I think by 2021, I had a final draft of a manuscript that I could offer uh, the, what I call the first wave of readers who would give me, you know, feedback on the book. It was very important for me because it was such an unusual uh, approach. I wanted to send it to a really uh, a wider circle of reader than is typical for me. Uh, different generations, different countries, different uh, backgrounds uh, in order for me to see if it actually resonated. And when that first wave of, uh, of readers uh, came back with a very positive feedback and reviews, I took it to a second wave of readers, those who are a little more distant uh, from me. And then, of course, to the publisher. What was the most challenging thing about this whole process for you? When you are excavating, it's a painful process. I mean, you're having to, if you want an honest conversation, it's a delicate excavation, but it's, it's an honest one. 
you have to contend with some of the more painful moments, some of the more difficult and hard questions, and frankly, some of the more difficult and hard answers. Uh, and what I do in the book that that is in many ways, at least some of the readers have described it as, as a painful experience, is uh, hold a mirror to myself and my uh, class of Arab elites and ask uh, uh, myself and us some very, very, very uh, challenging questions. Uh, and that requires a certain level of honesty that sometimes can be bracing and, and um, painful. You know, don't forget, it, we, I didn't know it then, but uh, in 2019, Lebanon descends into absolute chaos. It's a collapsing country. And then we had the pandemic and I lost my father in uh, uh, 2020 as well. So I didn't know it when I was embarking on this book, but in the, it ended up being a two very difficult years to begin with. And I was dealing with a very difficult history uh, as well. So it was, it was a very, uh, let's say it was a very intense experience. And I think uh, readers will find that very much reflected on the page. Very intense. I don't what know, maybe you? perhaps too intense. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to read and see. Indeed. <laughs> what are you working on next? Well, I have launched a, um, I used to have a blog called Thinking Fits, which I stopped in 2016, because I wanted a bit of distance a bit of detachment and a bit of a quiet, silence, frankly, quietude. So when uh, when I finished with this Arab life, I decided a couple of months ago, actually, that I would do, uh, I would have another, I would launch another blog. It's called This Arab Life. So I'm uh, devoting quite a bit of time to it because I have to, I'm doing it now on a, on a weekly basis. So that requires uh, quite a bit of work because it's not your typical kind of uh, blogging. And uh, I am at the very, 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 very early stage of another book, not confident enough yet to talk about it. But it's, again, it's a look at this particular pocket of history of ours, the last 60, 70 years, because it happens to fascinate me. And again, I would do it the way I typically uh, approach the this subject matter through uh, the life of an individual uh, who uh, lends themselves to a to this historical narrative that I'm looking for. So it's another book, but it's early days yet, early days. I, I don't think I will begin uh, looking at it in earnest before uh, probably January, February. If you were to be deserted on an island, which three books would you take with you? That's a kind of tricky question because I would have to know what the books are about, right? And and but. I'm someone, I'm, I'd have to think about three books that I've already read and was just uh, gripped by. So I would probably choose one is by uh, Marguerite Ursinar, Hadrian, which is a fascinating book. I would probably go with Fawaz Trabulsi's book. Uh, it's written in Arabic. It's called Hariru Hadid, Silk and Iron. And the third, probably Erhard, The Gathering. I'd like to read that one again. If you were to pick one interesting life experience to share with us, what would you tell us? Uh, the first time I visited Egypt when I was a teenager, that was a unique experience for me. I was quite young and my parents took us on vacation to Egypt. And I uh, remember I was quite young. I was probably like around nine, 10 years old. And I landed 
there and I looked out of the window and I thought to myself, this is home. And I'd never been to Egypt before. And, you know, you travel the world, you love a lot of cities, uh, you enjoy a lot of places. But I must say that particular journey was really quite the journey for me. I uh, tend to be a very sober woman. You know, my feet are on the ground. I'm not into ghosts and uh, reincarnations and that sort of thing. But uh, I tell you that uh, and that car ride, when I was looking out of the window in Cairo, I thought to myself, now, if, if, I, if I've been here in a previous life, I must have been Egyptian. It just felt very familiar to me. And it was an extraordinary journey. That was a great one to share. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Amal, for answering all my questions. But before we wrap up our chat, if listeners want to buy your book or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, they can go to my, uh, well, they can buy the book on all platforms now. I mean, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, you can, they can go to their local bookstore and order it very easily. Uh, of course, in the Arab world, it's going to be available also in bookstores. Um, uh, well, certain places in the Arab world. I mean, I'm not sure that it's going to be available everywhere, certainly in the Levant, in Jordan, and, uh, and Lebanon, and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, other places. Um, they can go also to my website, amalrandour.com, uh, or uh, perhaps a, um, a different kind of pronunciation might help. Uh, Amal Gandour, it's A-M-A-L dot Gandour, G-H-A-N-D-O-U-R, uh, dot com. So it's one word, amalgandour.com, and uh, they, will, uh, they will be able to read more about the book. Uh, they will be able to uh, look at, through uh, previous posts on Thinking Fits, also on the current uh, blog, uh, This Arab Life, and also order the book through, uh, through, the, uh, through the website because it has links to, uh, to Amazon and Barnes & Noble and other uh, platforms. So absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, and thank you for being my guest. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you, Daman. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.